The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, <laughs> J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome in. It is Wednesday. It is the AFC wildcard playoff game coming up Saturday night at TIAA Bank Field. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars in 8-15 kickoff time. We've got plenty to get to on this show today on Huddle Up. It's Bucky Brooks, NFL Network Analyst, Jaguars Radio Field Analyst. Joining us as always, Senior Writer John Osier. And of course, the playoff game coming up Saturday night. Limited tickets remain for the Chargers and the Jags in the wildcard round. Social media questions. It's been a buzz this week. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. Well, Trevor Lawrence at the podium earlier this week, Tuesday, discussing the atmosphere last week at the bank in week 18 and what to expect in a home playoff game. I hope it's it's like that this weekend, and that's kind of you know what we expect. Our fans did a great job last weekend, but for us, I mean, that was that was a playoff game last week. I mean, you look at how everything ended up playing out. If we don't win, if we didn't win that game, we're not sitting here today. You know, everybody's packing up, going home. So, I mean, that was a playoff game for us. So it's the same mindset this week. It's just official now. It's the first round of the playoffs. But I mean, for us, that was kind of like the first round of the playoffs because we knew we had to win to get in. So, um, I mean, I think that helps us kind of prepare for this week and the sense of urgency and, you know, the whatever you want to call it, the hype around the game, all that, especially now that there's only there's less than half the teams playing this weekend because the, the field just got whittled down. That's the quarterback. Of course, the full press conference available on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. John Osher with me here in Jacksonville. Bucky Brooks is in Los Angeles. He'll be heading east in a couple days' time for the Jaguars-Chargers matchup. And, and here we go, Bucky. It is playoff football in Jacksonville. Here we are. Yeah, very exciting time in Jacksonville. It's been a long time coming. Uh, didn't think it would happen this fast under Doug Peterson, but here we are. And what Trevor is talking about is so great. Uh, you want to 14 teams in the tournament because you're in the tournament. That means you have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. And so you want to continue to do what the Jaguars have done and focus on the game ahead. You know, you focus on getting this one done. If you're able to get this one, then you focus on the next one. But uh, it's right there. And so all anyone wants is an opportunity to kind of play for the big one. When now the Jaguars have an opportunity to inch one step closer to being able to get that done. You know, it's the thing you say every year when there's sort of a, a surprise team in the playoffs, which I think the Jaguars qualifies that for most people. Um, you feel like the Jaguars' window is opening, and it's going to be open for a long time with Trevor Lawrence, like Joe Burrow said this week. He believes his window is as long as he plays, and I, I believe that's going to be the case for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars too. But, you know, you even that said, you only get so many opportunities at the playoffs. If if, if it's ten, you only get ten. This is the first one. Uh, there's no time like the present. There's no reason they can't go win it. Uh, there's no reason they can't win Saturday and keep winning. So uh, go play. Go play the game. <laughs> go play the game, um, Bucky. I have a question for the uh, field analyst. Bucky All right. Brooks. 
Uh, are you concerned with the offensive production the last three weeks and and their ability or inability to get back on track the way they were about a month ago offensively? Is that a concern for you going into the playoffs? Well, I mean, I think the, the last three games have been uh, challenging in their own regard, but I think there were different challenges. When you're dealing with the New York Jets, you're dealing with a defense that really wants to take away the deep ball. The weather wasn't great. And so you're trying to be very, very conservative because the offense on the other side wasn't good enough to really threaten you. Uh, the Houston Texans were a little different because uh, the weather conditions were ideal because you're playing inside, but it was another offense that couldn't threaten you. So once you got the lead, you kind of played it close to the vest and you were trying to make sure that you won the game while getting your players out. Last week against the Tennessee Titans, that was different because you wanted to see more uh, production. You, you felt like you had to get to a certain point total to be able to win it. You didn't get that done. And so I think that was more of an issue where you're more concerned about, hey, man, we got to execute better. We have to find a way to punch the ball in when we get into the red zone because now in the postseason, every point matters. And you have to make sure that you get seven instead of settling for threes, particularly when you reach the red zone. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything Bucky said. I I don't think, um, I think you have to keep the struggles in perspective in this sense. Uh, they may have been playing – out of the entire 17 games they played, those three defenses may have been in the top five or six defenses they played all year. Mm -hmm. Probably put uh, Dallas, really good defense up there, and uh, Philadelphia, really good defense. But the Jets and the Titans, especially against the run, and, uh, and uh, Houston, the way they play gives – Trevor Lawrence some trouble, and they create turnovers. Those are three really good defenses. And the Jets, the weather was the deal. I agree with Bucky. In in Houston, once you got up, there was no reason to really keep the pedal to the metal, if you will. Um, and the Titans, even, even the Titans game, I get that they're frustrated and disappointed the amount they scored. Um but I didn't feel like the offense, even though they only had 222 yards, I didn't feel like it was broken down. They had basically a red zone turnover in the first half with a fumble. And then Trevor missed a wide-open guy in the end zone. If those two things go their way, that's 11 points left on the field. So I don't think it was completely broken down. I think, like Bucky said, they were looking for – once you get to the playoffs, you have to convert those situations. I don't think they're going to have a, have a huge problem, or I'd be surprised if they have a huge problem creating those opportunities for themselves against the Chargers. It's up to them to get back to get, excuse me, get in the red zone uh, four times, get a couple touchdowns and uh, two field goals out of that, not four field goals. Yeah, got to find the end zone, Buck, uh, when, when you have those opportunities. Now I'm going to flip it around the other side. Jaguars defense, yes, they've been opportunistic, let's say, the last month or so, making big plays in big moments. But uh, the last three weeks have been uh, even better than most, at least uh, against um, the, the last three teams on the schedule, right? Takeaways in key times, big plays. Um, but this is a totally different level now of offense with the L.A. Chargers than the last three weeks, especially in the quarterback room. I mean, Justin Herbert is ready to roll. The last three weeks, opponents have had their own quarterback issues of their own. This is a different feel this week, Bucky. Yeah, different 
feel for sure because you're talking about one of the top five quarterbacks in the league and Justin Herbert. Uh, you can argue where you want to stack him within that top three, maybe. Uh, this is a guy who has big time arm talent. He's a prototype at the position, meaning big, uh, outstanding arm talent, athletic enough to make plays inside and outside the pocket, and he's fearless. And when you have someone who has all of those traits, it makes it difficult because he can challenge you. Uh, and, and really make you defend every blade of grass, whether it's sideline to sideline or inline to inline, because he can push the ball down the field. He is willing to let his guys make plays. And so this will be, I would say, one of the biggest challenges uh, that the Jaguars have faced. And I'm saying that fully aware that this team squared off against the Chargers early in the season. The difference is the weapons that are available. Uh, he has firepower. He has his people uh, on the perimeter and Keenan Allen, maybe Mike Williams. Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. like So they can pose some problems on the perimeter. It'll be interesting to see how the Jaguars elect to match up and what they decide they want to take away and what they're willing to concede to the Chargers. I think this is an interesting matchup for the Jaguars because it, if you look at the body of work in the last eight or nine games of the season, you can make a strong argument that the Jaguars have become a team that can win – with in a, in a different types of games, meaning they won shootouts against Dallas. Uh, I would consider Baltimore a shootout. The Raiders, a little bit of a shootout. Um, I think they're equipped to handle that kind of a game. They've also, in the, last, uh, in the last two or three games, been a team that can go win sort of a grind-it-out game. Uh, and, and you might make the case, well, they, uh, they weren't playing big-time quarterbacks, but that's usually the kind of game you're in if you're not playing a big-time quarterback. Uh, but I think this week might be the biggest test of what I said first. Can they go win a shootout? Can they go win a game where you've got to go get to a certain number? I think, I, I think 28, 27 points is what it's going to take. Um, are they truly that team that can, that can go do that in the big moments? I think they are, but I think this tests that, Bucky. Yeah, it does test it. Uh, this is a major test. It's a major test because the number one thing that I'm looking at when you're facing the Chargers is not only the quarterback, but the weapons on the outside. How are you going to match up? The Jaguars have kind of been, I don't know, spinning the wheel when it comes to playing man or zone in different situations, trying to find the right scheme to match the personnel and talent that they have. If they sit in zone uh, primarily this week, Justin Herbert's going to carve them up because he's going to find the open lanes and windows. He's going to trust these young guys uh, to make plays. If they play man-to-man, well, now you have to figure out who am I going to double-team and how am I going to get them double. Is it going to be Keenan Allen? Is it going to be a hey, we'll occasionally send a double at Austin Eckler to make sure that he's not an available safety valve or check-down option? Are we going to treat Mike Williams like he's the number one if he's available? And so there are a lot of things that Mike Caldwell has to consider while crafting a plan to generate pressure and also stop the run. Yeah, this certainly isn't an easy game Uh for the Jags, but it's one that they certainly can win because they've knocked this team off before. All right, guys, we'll come back in a moment and take a look at the Chargers' defense and the matchup there this week. Great pass rushers on the outside for the L.A. Chargers, of course, but a run defense that's been suspect this season. Limited tickets available for the AFC wildcard playoff game. Standing room only available, and the Chargers and the Jaguars coming up at 8.15 Saturday. Visit jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. The game is presented by Dailies. It's nicer here. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. 
everybody knows it's playoff time. So for, for the teams who've been in the playoffs before and for young guys now, like I just try to tell them like it's a different ball game. So I mean, nobody's out there playing, you know, messing around. It might be regular season, you might be having fun with some of the guys on other teams, but nah, it's playoff team now. It's, it's, we got three games to go to get to the chip and then we got that next one to win. So I mean, focus is at extremely high. So that's all we're worried about. That's Darius Williams, Jaguars cornerback, and welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks Wednesday ahead of the AFC wildcard playoff game between the Chargers and the Jaguars. It's an 8-15 kickoff at the bank, NBC and Peacock. Al Michaels, Tony Dungy on the call. Dungy was on drive time this morning. Uh, John, you guys had him on there, and he was fantastic. So check out the archive of that conversation. We'll run it again in pregame radio coming up on Sunday as well, and uh, hey, this defensive matchup, we've talked about the uh, Jaguars defense there, and you see it on your screen, what each defense has given up so far this season on average. The Jaguars take the ball away, fourth tied for fourth most takeaways in the NFL on defense. The Chargers aren't that far behind, Bucky, and that brings us to our conversation about the L.A. defense, and you know, it starts with those pass rushers. Well, they also have struggled against the run this year, in the regular year at least. Why is that? What are their issues against the run? Is that somewhere Travis Etienne can gain some uh, ground and, and get something done? Yeah, you hear my dog in the background do, saying, yeah. hey, you got to yeah. run the ball. That's what she's saying. She's saying you need to run the football against this defense because what Brandon Staley wants to do is he wants to play with two high safeties. They are intent and committed to taking away any deep ball. And so what happens is they're daring you to run the football because they believe it's a it's a slow death that you will die if a team can run the ball as opposed to allowing you to throw it over their head. The issue that the Chargers have when teams have been committed to running the football and have made it a very physical game, that's not really their cup of tea. And so the Jaguars are not necessarily like that old school slug it out, want to grind it like the Tennessee Titans want to, but they've certainly shown a commitment to run it with Travis Etienne. I think this is a game where he has to be a big factor because if he can have success on the ground, it forces him to take one of those safeties out of their comfort zone and drop him in the box. Derwin James will probably be that guy that's in the box more. And then you can attack them with the one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. There's some favorable matchups on the outside, but the running game has to be a big part of the plan because you want to make them defend everything and you want to dictate the terms and keep the Chargers offense on the sideline as well. Yeah, and I think this goes back to what I was saying in the last segment. It, the Jaguars have, have shown this year, for a young team that's building, a, a remarkable ability to win in different ways. When Bucky lays that out like that, I, I, I can easily see a scenario where Travis Etienne runs for 150 yards. Uh, and he has shown the ability to do that. I don't think it's going to happen every week for this team. But when the defense presents itself, Doug is, is perfectly willing to let uh, Travis Etienne run uh, 20, 25 carries. They'll do that every week, but he hasn't done it every week for the last few weeks. So I think he's ready for that sort of load. Um, I, I would be surprised if the Jaguars don't fare well offensively this week because I think they're balanced enough to do it. Yeah, and, and run the ball. Don't get in those long situations, obviously, and let uh, Bosa and Mac pin their ears back. And hey, I mean, and if they happen to be in those situations, well, it's a spotlight game for the tackles, right? I mean, we know about Jawan Taylor and the season he's had on the right side, but Walker Little in the last month or so after Cam Robinson went down, 
I, I don't know if it, if it was you that said this, but it's not quite <laughs> it's not quite Bruce Smith Baselli. But hey, guess what? It's it's his equivalent of that, Bucky. If he can get something done. Yeah, it is his equivalent of that because it is a big game. When you think about Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, and if Joey Bosa is able to play, it changes the dynamic a little bit. But Khalil Mack is not what he once was. Like he still can flash every now and then. He still can get to the passer, but he's not necessarily the dominant player that he was where you really feared him and committed a lot of resources to take him out. You have to be aware of where he is, but hopefully you're saying that Walker Little or uh, you know Juwan Taylor can hold up and take care of business on that side. And then you really can focus on Joey Bosa if he's available. Uh, the thing about it, and going back and looking at the first game, James Robinson had 100 yards. Now, some of that came in garbage time when the game was away, but the Jaguars ran for 151 yards on them. And the best way to stymie this pass rush is to run it right up the gut at their interior. And so if you're able to run the football, then it makes them play both ways. They have to play the run and the pass. They can't really tee off and get those track stances and come after Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this has to be a game where I think Doug will have a few things up his back, but look for the running game to be a big part of the equation. It may not happen early, but he's going to get back to it like he always does in these games where he knows that the run is important. Yeah, the first game also showed the other uh, part of the Jaguars' balance, which I think makes them tough to defend. Remember, all three wide receivers had a touchdown, not a reception in that game. Yeah. It, it, it was Kirk. I think Kirk started it off, and then I think it went to Zay, and then it went we had Marvin Jones at the end. Um, to me, in this game, their balance offensively is, is the key to them having a chance, or the key to mm-hmm. it being a mm-hmm. a very level matchup. Balance. No, 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 no. Don't say level matchup. We win the game. We win the game if we play the game the right way. Like, don't get all spooked and scared, John, because it's a playoff game. Like, this is one. The one thing about it, and no one wants to talk about it, when you beat a team like they beat them, 38-10, to 10, regardless of who they played, that leaves some scars and some damage. The Jaguars walk into this game knowing that they can beat the Chargers. Regardless of what people will say on the outside, particularly the way they attack their defense, yes, they have to make some adjustments because Joy Bosa went out of the game, wasn't available the whole time, but Khalil Mack and those guys were there. So now they just have to attack them the right way. And if they take care of the football, they will be fine because they're going to run it. They'll find a way to run it, and they'll create some big plays. I'm not going to sit here and make the charges out to be like one of the heavyweights. They're a really good team, but we've knocked them out before, and I think we can knock them out again. Well, fear is a big part of my life, but it, <laughs> I'm not scared of this game. I do, however, think it's a game where I would have been surprised last week had the Jaguars lost. I thought they were the mm. more talented team with the, more, uh, with the superior quarterback. I think the game will be decided on quarterbacks this week. I think they're pretty equal. I, I, I think it's a toss-up, but that, that doesn't mean I'm scared necessarily. Not in this situation am I scared. Uh, but I, I think it's, it, it's a remarkably evenly matched game for the first round of the playoff. Old Barky Brooks over there says run the football, huh? Yeah, it says run the football. The other thing that she's over here saying, I just heard it. She was like, you got to make it physical. Uh, this would be a game where in the playoffs – Head coaching matters. Like, you hear a lot leading up to this game about playoff experience, and neither of these teams have been in the playoffs for a while. But it doesn't necessarily matter about the players, but for the coaches, it matters because the stage is bigger. These decisions have more weight and gravity to them. And so you have to be able to handle these situations and circumstances, and you can't get out of character. So the key will be, is Doug Peterson 
able to be more closer to his true self as a play caller than Brandon Staley. We've seen Brandon Staley make some missteps and mistakes um, being aggressive and managing the game. The battle is really between Doug Peterson and Brandon Staley and which one can stay in the moment and make the decision to put his team in an advantageous situation. Bucky, I don't know if this is a fair question, but you just accused me of being scared, so I'm not going to be fair. Um, <laughs> uh, how aggra- like, uh, Both of these coaches are known for being very aggressive. Uh, you know, How does that factor in in the postseason? Or I guess that's what you just said. That'll be the fascinating thing to see about this game, won't it? it is how each of those uh, coaches takes that aggressiveness into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, like the one thing that we've seen from Doug is he's true. Now, it, it, it made us queasy last week against Tennessee Titans when he ran the reverse when it seemed like the offense was beginning to have control of the defense very early, turned it over, and then it was an uphill climb the remainder of the game. But that's how he's been the entire year. So I think for him, because he's been in these games, because he has led a team to a Super Bowl, I think there's a comfort to knowing the pressure that everyone would experience. Because make no mistake about it, you can't deny it, there's pressure to these games because of the urgency due to the finality of the situation. If you lose, it's over, it's done. And so every call matters. And so it is magnified. And so you just wonder, how is Doug going to handle these situations versus how is Brandon Staley going to handle these situations when it's his first time that he is being tasked with leading a team in a playoff game in a playoff environment? When we return, social media questions. Jaguars Twitter a buzz this week. There's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Enjoy the best live music around with access to the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and more. Reserve your spot for the 2023 season at Daily's Place now. Email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. I think the offense needs to have a better game than the other night, quite frankly. Uh, we didn't do enough. I mean, you know, we had opportunities, obviously missed some opportunities in the game that, uh, you know, we need to learn from. But uh, sometimes that's that's the way games go. Tight games like that is going to come down to, a, you know, this could be a defensive battle or something of that nature. Special, special teams did a nice job. But I think overall, you know, offensively, um, as a group, um, you know, coaches included need to need to do a little better. That's the head coach, of course, Doug Peterson. The full availabilities from the week on Jaguars.com. He has uh, spoken twice already and will speak again tomorrow. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier along with Bucky. And, you know, that's the head coach's perspective. Let's hear from the quarterback on the offensive performance against the Titans last week. You know, but I think minus a few plays, I think if a few plays go differently, you know, if we're a little sharper, or in my case, you know, hit a couple throws, game looks a lot different. So, you know, you always take a few plays, and I think we've just had a, a few more than we need the last two weeks of those negative plays or bad plays or misses or whatever it is. You know, we've just had a, a few too many of those. But, um, you know, I still think our offense is in a great spot, and the, the progress we've made is, is still there. And um, just continue to build off of it. Obviously, there's some there's some things. And then it's tough, you know. It's tough to beat a team twice, too. You know, Tennessee had a really good plan. Uh, they did some stuff that gave us a little bit of trouble. And, um, you know, we tried to adjust on the sidelines and do some things that helped us. And, you know, they got they got good coaches, good players, too. So, 
you know, that's a good team and you got to give them credit. They had a good plan coming in and, you know, we didn't execute at the highest level that, that we can. And um, thankfully, our defense definitely stepped up and, and had our back. So there's the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence, his availability on Jaguars.com. All right. So um, moving along now to the L.A. Chargers, it's time to get to social media questions. We put out the cat signal earlier today. Here's the best we've come up with. This is at Ratus Johansson. We've struggled to defend screens at times this season. How do we step up to limit the gains for Eckler, the running back, Bucky? Well, I think the, the difference is in, in some of these other weeks, the running back wasn't a major factor. So it's kind of like uh, you don't pay close attention to him. You don't track your whereabouts like you would track Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is a big-time playmaker for them. So when they break the huddle for you, Lua Khan is always going to point and make sure that all eyes are on him. You know where he's at. Uh, you know where he likes to get the ball. You know the screen game is on second and third and long. So you're paying closer attention to him. Uh, those previous weeks, you may be willing to concede those things because the guy in the backfield wasn't as dangerous. And that even means Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry wasn't a pass catcher. He's more of a check down option. I think there's a heightened awareness of Austin Eckler based on how important he is to their offense, particularly as a receiver out the backfield. I have nothing to add because my phone went nuts. Um, so <laughs> he I'm, shook, Bucky. He shook. I'm going to assume that Bucky was correct, but obviously that's a a huge point in terms of that. you're always paying attention to him, whereas with most running backs you're not paying as much attention. That's my insight on that. And and now my phone's fixed. We can move on to the next question. Thanks, John. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> the leading target this year, by the way, because of all the injuries at wide receiver. Uh, next question: Social media on Twitter. Um, this is at Tony B's henchman. How much has the mm. short passing game helped Trevor gain confidence and rhythm in the offense? And can we expect to focus on running the football this week against the Chargers? We've gone through that part of it. So, yeah, what about this short passing game, Bucky? I think that's his wheelhouse. And I think that's also the wheelhouse of Doug Peterson when it comes to the way the offense operates. He runs a variation of the West Coast offense. Uh, Doug and I played together in Green Bay, Mike Holmgren believe that you use some of those short passes as replacement for the running game. It's a high completion percentage offense because when you have to, when you're doing that, you have to complete a bunch of passes. And so for Trevor Lawrence, it's been great because they've layered in a bunch of layups for him. So he can string together completions. And when it's going, uh, it's a thing of beauty. Keep an eye on the number of what wide receiver screens that the Jaguars throw it has been a big part of their offense, throwing it to Evan, everybody, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. Um, everybody has been a part of that uh, screen game offense. Uh, it's, it's good because it's a way to get on the perimeter. You're basically playing three on two, two on one. And if you have a guy that can break tackle, now you're beginning to see these short passes end up resulting in long gains. Yeah, Bucky, you and I have talked a little bit, so I may be still in your thunder on this. When people talk about the year two jump under a head coach, which I believe Trevor's going to make next year, um, to me, that's where he'll make the jump. Is I, I, I've got to believe that there will be more, uh, you know, twenty-five yard downfield play action stuff next year, as, as Doug gets more confident in Trevor, as they understand each other more, as Trevor gains more confidence in the offense doing more at the line of scrimmage to set up those kind of passes. He started to do that more. I've got to believe that the deeper stuff 
is where you're going to see the huge development of Trevor Lawrence. I think I think Doug did a masterful job this year of after the first two or three games figuring out, okay, this is what I've got, this is what he does, this is what we're going to emphasize. But to me, that deep stuff is going to come along next year. And yeah, the deep stuff's going to come along next year, partially due to Trevor Lawrence's development, but also in tweaking and adding to the personnel. There's one thing that I think the Jaguars still need, and that is a, a, a speed receiver. Uh, it's hard to generate the explosive plays when I look at what we have, and most of our guys are chain movers. Like They're not necessarily the dynamic stretch-to-field type. And so if you want big plays in the passing game, you have to do it a few different ways. One, speed receiver just blows past everybody, and you throw it over top of the defense. The second part will be more play action. We've seen play action this year, but it's been a lot of bootleg. Uh, Evan Ingram and others sliding to the flat with a, a crosser coming behind it at about 10 to 12 yards. Well, now if you're able to add in like that deep play action pass where you're faking the stretch, you half roll out, and now you're taking shots to the deep receiver, then you'll see more of the 20, 25-plus plays show up. And so personnel-driven and then a little more comfort in the scheme will allow you to be more aggressive with the play-action part. There you have it. Social media questions are in. Thanks for the submissions today. And if you're ready to join the Jaguars, 2023 season ticket deposits are now open. Secure your place in line to select the best seats at the best prices. And guess what? They're going fast already, of course, for next year. Flexible payment options, pricing for every budget. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets and place your deposit and be at the bank for every big play next season. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. The regular season is, is what it is in a healthy respect. You know, obviously, if you take care of business there in order to get to this moment, but here's where it matters. And if we want to keep um, creating the new narrative for this team and this city and, and, and be the new Jags team that we have set out to establish, um, it starts with a moment like this. And what, what an incredible opportunity that, that we have to, to show that and display that. That's Zay Jones, of course, Jaguars wide receiver. Welcome back. It is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, and John Ozier. Look outside at the Miller Electric Center under construction. Beautiful sun splash day in Jacksonville. Temperature 72 today and clear skies. And the forecast for Saturday night, kickoff time in the mid-40s and clear. So it might be nice and cool and brisk for the game Saturday evening. Bundle up appropriately. A Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. Well, that answer from Zay, Bucky, was um, to a question about, hey, these are legacy-defining moments, really, for everybody in that locker room, everybody on the coaching staff and organization. Playoff games is where you really make hay on that legacy, and, and they can start with a win this week. Yeah, absolutely. You have an opportunity to, to make hay and kind of – kind of changed the narrative, not only of your game, but of the team and all the other things that are around it. Uh, and that's great because I think as players, you live for these moments. You live for the opportunity to play uh, on the biggest and brightest stages. And, you know, make no mistake about it. The thing about the playoffs that make it special, everyone has to tune in. You're not distracted by the eight or nine other games that may be on during a certain time period. It is the only show in town. Everybody's watching. Everybody remembers these moments because so many eyes are fixed to the TV. And so this should be a great opportunity for a bunch of players 
to make their mark. And so I think if anything, you get excited about it. Uh, people talk about the, the speed and the energy being different. It's different because everyone knows what's at stake. And to me, I think that's the best part of playing fo- pro football. Yeah, I, I usually, when a team I cover goes to the playoffs, one of the stories I write that week is usually the speed of the game changes. Uh, it's always fascinating to me to hear players talk about it. But when I talked to players this week about it, I think they correctly said uh, the game the other night was a playoff game. And I think it had the energy. And from talking to Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, uh, Arden Key, some guys who've been there before, they said, you know, it it definitely changes in the postseason. But that game the other night, uh, the young mm-hmm. players who hadn't been through it before, they've been through it now. Uh, there's a, if, if there's a difference at all, it's minimal. Uh, the sense of urgency, all those things you need in the playoffs to seize the moment, they've already felt it. So uh, if there's an advantage, you know, the Chargers haven't been through that. Uh, they were in it last year in the final game of the season, lost to the Raiders. They haven't been there this bunch of Chargers. So maybe that's advantage Jacksonville. Yeah, let's, let's let's pick up on that because the great thing about it, like Arden Key and those guys talking to the guy, young guys in the locker room, there is a heightened sense of urgency that is played. And I never remember just coming into the league. And at the time I was in Buffalo, but Bruce Smith and Thurman Thomas talked about it's four speeds. You got preseason, regular season, postseason, then Super Bowl. And each time you advance to one of those different segments, it becomes faster, far more physical, and the mistakes are magnified. And so in making that run, even back in 96, I do remember having to adjust on the fly to the, the physicality and the speed of the game. Playing the wild card round is different than playing in the divisional round, which is even different than playing in the championship game. And so even though the young guys got a chance to experience that win or go home game last Saturday, it's still to be ramped up even more uh, this weekend. But they should be ready for it. But it should be a lot of fun because the team that settles in the quickest will have an opportunity to create separation early in the game. Should be a great scene again, of course, at the bank. It certainly was last Saturday night. Let's do it again this week. Bucky, we will see you in just a few days' time here in Jacksonville, man. Appreciate it. Man, thanks so much. All right, Buck. Bucky Brooks, John Osier, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. For our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's the AFC wildcard playoff game coming up Saturday night. 8.15 kickoff time for the Chargers and the Jaguars. It's on NBC and Peacock. Without Michaels and Tony Dungy on the call, Westwood One Radio, Ian Eagle and Jason McCourty, and, of course, the Jaguars Radio Network as well. Limited tickets available. Visit jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. That's it for Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.